This is Retail Retold, the story of how that store ended up in your neighborhood. I'm your host, Chris Ressa, and I invite you to join my conversation with some of the retail industry's biggest influencers. This podcast is brought to you by DLC Management. Hey everyone, today's episode is a little bit different. Today's episode is a recording of What's in Store. What's in Store is a show where myself and Carly Iacono unpack the latest news on the intersection of retail and real estate. The show typically airs once a month on LinkedIn Live. I'm excited to share it with you today. Listen in as we discuss the impact of inflation on retail real estate. I hope you enjoy this special episode of Retail Retold. Thanks. Hey, Carly. Good morning, Chris. Morning, everybody who's watching live. This is What's in Store with Carly and Chris. I'm Carly Iacono, Senior Vice President at CBRE. I'm Chris Ressa, Chief Operating Officer at DLC Management. And we are here for our monthly series, What's in Store, which covers all topics at the intersection of retail and real estate. We have a really pressing topic today that we're going to be covering it's on the forefront of everyone's mind. It's inflation and real estate, or inflation in everything, I feel like, in life. But obviously, Chris and I are not economists, but I think we'll have some good insight on our stage uh, predictions on inflation, how it will impact retail real estate, and then also how we think it may affect consumer behavior and retailers themselves. If you are watching us live on LinkedIn, feel free to type in your comments, questions. We'll get to as many as we can. If you're watching the replay and have any follow-up questions, feel free to reach out to either of us after the broadcast. All right, let's jump in. Good to see you. Can't believe it's been another month. Time is flying. Time is flying. It is wild. It, it is wild. What, what have you been up to lately? Seems to accelerate, accelerate. Well, I'm selling a house and buying a house and launching a bunch of new deals and just trying to do everything all at once. So, um, Oh my God, lock in that interest rate. I, I, I did yesterday, actually, but I had the rate lock from the day before. So, you know, it, it could have been better, but it could have been worse. So, I'm, yeah. you know, just forging ahead. How about you? Uh, a lot of getting ready for spring, uh, like kids activities and whatnot. We did, um, my son's in boxing lessons, which is, he's three years old, which is fascinating. Um, and got a vacation planned in late April. So nice. that's exciting. I, I don't know if you've ever been, but if you're looking for a little R&R, my wife and I, we've, we, we hate going to the same place. So we have... We, we've been to like so many different places, but this we're doing a repeat because we love the place so much. Captiva Island. Are you familiar? I have been. So my grandparents used to have a condo in Sanibel right next to Captiva. Oh, beautiful down there. Yeah. So we, we, we uh, rented the same house that we had last year in Captiva. So that's uh, looking forward to that. So amazing. Glad yes. you're getting away. Yes. That's great. Great. All right, so to be mindful of everyone's time, we will jump into our topic. It's gonna to be two parts. So let's start, Chris, with how we think inflation may impact this booming real estate market. Now we know rates went up 
finally, right? We've been saying this for how many years now that we think they're gonna go up. So yesterday was the day. If you're watching this in the future, interest rates went up yesterday, it's official. So we, we both come at the business a little differently, right? You're on the ownership side, I'm on the, the transaction brokerage side. What's your sense of how this is going to impact the real estate market? And, and there's a lot we'll dive into on this. So I think, I mean, there's so many things. I think the first thing, people have been preparing for this rate hike. I think the Fed really tells their hand. It's not like, I think, how it used to be where it was like a surprise, right? This is this has been uh, foreshadowed for a while. So that's the, that's the first thing. So when you look at some of the markets, you could argue it's priced in uh, already because people we're expecting this. I think, I think to me from a buying and selling, and and this is so non-economic, but it feels the the 25, the BIPs that raised yesterday, I think that that's, that's one thing. And I don't think that's what's really on investors' minds. I think what's on investors' minds is how many hikes and what, at what at how big of jumps throughout the year? What does it look like 12 months from now? Um, I think that's really what's happening because they're already talking about in, in May, could this be a, a, a 50 BIP hike? Now we're moving, right? You're talking about moving at a point over you know, a multi-month period. And I think that could start to impact the market more. It still feels like today, and we're only literally one day in from a rate hike. Uh, yes, we're, we're expert planners. We plan this around the Fed meeting. Yeah. <laughs> we just got really lucky, anyone listening. We planned the topic weeks ago. <laughs> um, so I think that your, your good morning. Uh, someone said good morning in the comments. Uh, I think that your going to see a little bit more reaction to the market a little bit later in the year. Right now, people are still trying to buy. There's the the excess cash in the market and the the savings to me is outweighing this. And then the, the psyche of commercial real estate being a inflation hedge is still in people's minds. So, and, and whether that's, I, I think, whether that's true or false, I believe it to be true, but there's an argument to be made, right? If it's, if it's inflation based on pure economic growth, then yes. If it's inflation based on the supply side economics, then, then potentially it's not necessarily a hedge. So. I think it's a, a really unique time because we have such a confluence of competing factors, right? We have the supply demand imbalance that you just mentioned. And I see this every day. We still have so many buyers looking for deals in the market. It's definitely still a seller's market. And it's because of a few reasons. One, we have new buyers coming into the market who are looking for that inflation hedge. We're looking for a tangible asset. who are coming maybe out of the stock market because they're worried about the volatility moving forward. So we have new clients coming into commercial real estate 
and they're looking for stability and long-term leases and long-term investment property. Couple that with a limited, especially single tenant demand, uh, not demand, excuse me, development that we've had over the last three years due to COVID, due to retailers changing their strategy. And this is not across the board. Obviously there's retailers expanding like wildfire, but we definitely had a pullback on new deliverables for construction in the single tenant world. So we have less long-term leases, but yet we have more demand. So that's really putting an interesting push on cap rates for long-term, especially long-term credit tenants. I, I think, I think that's a part that's hard, that, that's niche to our industry, that's hard to pull from general economic data, which is the supply constraint. Lack of new construction in retail real estate across the board, lack of vacancy, driving rents, and driving pricing on sales. So, I, I, you know, how does rising rates impact that is going to be interesting because it seems that force is so strong the lack of supply with the demand to open stores and new businesses is so strong um i think is is interesting so uh, we got we got a we we got a a bunch of comments here carly so do you mind if we take a because i think there's some questions here I'll let you answer one, which is from Francisco, which says, good morning. Why don't people want to sell? The thing I hear most often is they don't know what they're going to buy. So 80%, I'm just pulling a number out, but it's roughly 80% of our clients do 1031 exchanges when they sell. Rarely do we have people sell and cash out and exit the real estate market. The number might even be higher. So if you're in that position and you sell, you're now a buyer. And if you don't know what to buy, you get into this sort of frozen mentality of, okay, I know I want to sell. This is great pricing. I want to transition my business plan, but how do I make the next piece work in this market? And that's really where we come in to help facilitate. But that's been the challenge um, that's making a lot of people pause and say, well, I, I want to sell, but then what? Yeah, I, I think that's really true. Especially, I think that's, exacerbated in an inflationary time because if you leave the cash in too long it's just eroding away so um inflation's eating you alive i i think that is um really problematic um uh i would also add that in right now people want to maximize pricing right? When you're seeing what it is, right? Like in, in, in times that are great, right? It, nobody wants to be the one who sold for a deal. Everyone wants to sell at max pricing. So the reality is that's what's being sold right now. You're, you know, there's not so many steals out there. You have to have conviction around the real estate. Otherwise they're going to they're gonna they're gonna hold on right now. It's it's hard to sell at a at a discount in this market. I have seen just to comment on that a bit of pricing adjustment happening though. It is starting because there's okay. this point when you hit negative leverage, right? If yeah. you are 
selling a deal and it's a 4% return and the interest rates are 4%, like that, that doesn't work from a financing perspective, right? You're going to have negative leverage. So there is an inflection point out. The smaller deals, they're still cash buyers. But as people are looking at this in balance, they're saying, mm, there should be some sort of spread here. So I, I think we are starting to get pushback on certain types of deals at very aggressive cap rates. And there's a bit of price discovery going on. Sellers still want peak of the market. And if they should have sold six months ago and didn't, now they're frustrated and they're holding out for prices that they probably won't get because the rates are changing. And buyers are saying, we know what's happening in the next year. Theoretically, we think prices are going to come down. Cap rates are going to go up. We'll just wait a little bit. So there's this this push and pull, which is always the case, right? In any transaction of the two sides wanting, having different objectives and different agendas. But I think it's becoming a little more poignant as we hit that inflection point with the interest rates. Totally. Uh, so Francisco has another question. I think this one's for you. So how do you answer the, I don't know what to buy question? It's a really individualized question. And I actually love these conversations because it's strategy. This is one of the, my favorite parts of my job is looking and getting to know a client and helping them figure out why they would sell. What, why are they really even looking at this? And then that impacts what they would buy. And that's why the market is so dynamic because there are so many different types of buyers with different needs in their investment portfolio. Some, there are buyers for 25-year CDSs at a 425 cap rate. Tons of them, right? That's long-term stability. You know what you're getting. It is set. And, and that, to some people, is the absolute gold standard. There are buyers for multi-tenant retail with vacancy and upside and short-term leases and maybe a slightly higher cap rate. Very different asset. So what you should buy really depends on how you want to spend your time managing or not, what your risk tolerance is, what your price point is, and where you want to be in 7, 10 years, what your exit strategy is. So I love that question, but you can't answer it without understanding who's asking it better. Yeah, uh, I, I think that was well said, and I'll, I'll save. I'll, I'll 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 leave that one to you. I think you hit the nail on the head. The, you know, we talked a lot about we've talked a lot about the interest rates and what is what buyers are doing. You mentioned though that you're seeing a pricing adjustment because of negative leverage. Can you expand further on that? Are people, are price, are cap rates stabilizing or are they still compressing? I, I think they're stabilizing. And again, it's really hard to do a blanket statement because it's somewhat asset specific. Sure. And at least industrial, I don't think they're stabilizing. I mean, that is a different animal, right? So I don't want anyone listening to this to interpret right. that we're saying, oh, office, all these other asset classes, right? Everything is so unique because of the underlying fundamentals. But I think if we're sticking with retail, multi-tenant retail, net lease retail, I, I really do feel that we're at a, a point where cap rates have stabilized. I don't know how much more compression we have with rates going up. Uh, we do have the the approvals and the development markets opening back up. So we are getting projects done. There's still not enough tenants expanding, but some of those that were delayed during COVID are coming online. Um, 7-Eleven's expanding like crazy. That's a great example, right? So we have a bunch of those coming to market, which is 
meeting, not just us, obviously, but meeting the demand of investors looking for that type of product. So I think we're, we're at a point where this is uh, it's pretty peak pricing for most net lease retail. Any, are anything from a 1031 perspective, anything unique happening because of 1031? We kind of, we've gotten through the close by year end stuff or is anything, you know, we've gotten through tax reform, anything else unique with 1031 right now? Thank goodness. No. Okay. I don't, I have heard no other proposals. Now, of course, it's a weird time. Anything could change any day, I feel like, but there's nothing being actively talked about in regards to changing the 1031 law right now that I've seen. So I think we are in a, a great period where we have clarity on the 1031 exchange ID rules, the timeframes. It's not limited by your gain, which was something they were talking about last year. There are no limitations. The same process, like kind for like kind, any dollar value, you have to replace the debt. There's, you know, all, there's a lot to it, but it seems to be pretty set right now. On the, yeah, on the rent side, I'm curious in some of the new leases you're seeing, we are definitely starting to see because of CPI, uh, more rent escalations in leases. Yeah, I'm seeing. Has that translated in your world? Absolutely. We're seeing more developers push for higher rent escalations, expect them. And on the investor side, again, there's different buyer profiles for different types of deals, but everyone kind of has inflation in the back of their mind. Um, so I, I do, we don't do, see a ton of CPI increases. There's very few tenants that will agree to them, especially in this market, but the fixed increases are certainly a focus. Yeah. It, it certainly seems the Fed is going to do whatever it takes to keep inflation under control. We're going to have rising rates, quantitative tightening. This should, you know, dampen inflation a bit, uh, especially if inflation, which I believe started as a supply chain issue, uh, not necessarily a money supply issue. So I, I, I think that is going to be a an interesting thing of how long of a period we have this significant inflation because, you know, the Fed has been pretty clear that they're going to try to put a damper on it. What I what I think is interesting, more of an economic discussion, is right now the Fed's target is two percent inflation. They want that's what they try to target, and and should that be the target? Is is three percent okay? And I think uh, that'll be interesting to see. Aren't we at seven? How does it Seven and a half percent. Oh, nine now. Okay. So two seems. Uh, so I, I think that's I think that's what's concerning investors, right? Because rates right. move significantly because it's four times the Fed's target right now. Yeah, that's very material. Yeah. Uh, what are you seeing uh, from your tenants in terms of we talked about rental escalations, but what about base rent? Have you seen any shift in the last twelve months in the rent that new tenants are? offering 
the answer is yes, because demand demand is high and construction costs are high. So rents definitely been pushed. You know, it's always asset and market dependent, but in general, rents are moving and you can look at the lease spreads that public REITs produce. Rents are moving considerably. Do you have any concern from a fund real estate fundamental perspective on the sustainability of the increased rents for these tenants? I don't because I'm 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 very bullish on physical retail. I think that the inflation, especially some certain commodity prices, um, is going to force the consumer and already seeing to the store. Uh, I've said this before, right? Shipping is, is a big challenge, right? And as oil rises, this, this compounds the problem for e-commerce that is makes physical retail uniquely positioned to uh, win. I also think in, in my portfolio and, a lot of the retail you're working with is a value consumer, whether that's, you know, most a majority of open air retail in America uh, is positioned around value, whether that's TJ Maxx and Ulta and Five Below and Dick's Sporting Goods. I think in inflationary times, people are looking for value. Uh, you know, the CEO of Burlington said that in inflationary times, consumers trade down, and so they feel good about their positioning in inflationary times. So I think that is that positions a lot of open air retail really in a really strong spot. Do I think all consumers trade down? No, the super high end, maybe they buy less. Maybe it's you know five percent is a you know or eight percent is a nothing burger to them, but I think. You know, the value retailers really benefit during uh, from people trading down. So let's pause right there because we did a poll this week connected to this show about consumer behavior. So I'd like to share the poll results from LinkedIn. So the question was, have your shopping habits changed due to inflation directly related to what you were just sharing your thoughts on? Now, one of the comments we got, which I think is very true, was this is probably not a widely representative um, pool of people answering, right? We're all employed, likely, right? LinkedIn, this is not just broad America wide cross section. So keep that in mind. But from the respondents we had were, which were about 130, uh, we had 10% say that they were driving less because of the gas prices. We had 8% say that they were trading down and we phrased the question, are you eating less steak and more burgers? So 8% of the respondents said yes, which is exactly what you're saying. They're trading down in their consumption. Uh, 18% said all of the above. So they are making widespread changes to their shopping habits. That's right. And again, this is LinkedIn. Yeah. And then 64% 64% said, no, my habits, my habits have not changed. 
Wow. The eighteen percent one is interesting. Less mm-hmm. more more burgers, less steak. Less driving. Less driving. Yeah, that's less that's shopping. Ex- all of it, right? It's already starting to impact yeah, behavior. And I think what's what's really interesting to me is we're just at the, the beginning of this. I know you're optimistic that they're going to rein in inflation quickly. I'm maybe less optimistic that that's going to be the case. Uh, so I feel like we're at the beginning of this time. So if 18% of people are already changing behavior, where will that put us in six months? Yeah. And let me piggyback. The reason um, I believe that inflation will be reined in a little sooner than maybe most is because the alternative to me seems a little daunting, which means rates are going to get really high uh, because the, I don't think the Fed's going to stop until they rein it in. And that to me is means they need to rein it in because they're going to keep going, right? We, we keep talking about rate hikes for the next 12 months and what those look like, but we're in a similar inflationary period. Uh, you know, I don't know if the Fed is going to change course so quickly in 2023. True. Yeah, so they're not going to want to to let this run rampant. So we talked about consumer behavior. We had our our sample, right? What do you think broader picture? If we're not just talking about our crew on LinkedIn, um, when you said the consumer is trading down, what, which is an interesting point in an inflationary time, what brands do you think or what retailers do you think will actually benefit and increase sales because of that shift in consumer behavior? So let, let's, I just want to unpack that real quick. So one, consumers have trillions in excess savings, more cash than they ever had. Two, consumers are making more money and are can get a job if they don't have one and are employed. So these are good signs for consumer spending. And what I think is going to happen, I don't think they're not going to spend. What I think is they're going to make sure that they're spending on things where they can get a value. And, you know, I've, I've done a lot of homework. I've done a lot of homework on like in, you know, if you look at like, even in, the Great Depression, you can look at in the Great Depression, what were the, the top products that people bought? Um, one of them was cosmetics. Hmm. It's in the top 10. You wouldn't guess that. Yeah, no. That's the categories that did fantastic. And that's because people want to feel good. Hmm. Uh, even in tough times, people still want to feel good. So I think that when you mentioned brands, I think that brands that it's there's a clear value proposition in the product will win uh, and, and sales will go. So whether that's Walmart target on the big departments or, or not department store, but a discount uh, general merchant stores, whether that's TJ Burlington Ross on the apparel side, Ulta on the cosmetics side, um, five below in the tween side. I think that, there's a significant amount of retailers that provide a value proposition and have a store footprint uh, to enable them to not have to 
lose money by shipping or charge the shipping to the consumer, which they can't afford to pay for. So that ties into something you touched on earlier, but I want to revisit that. I believe, and I want to say this wrong, it was your comment, but I believe you were indicating that inflation will directly benefit physical retail because of the higher costs of shipping, delivery, and everything connected to online. We've both been very bullish on physical retail. We still are. So why don't you revisit why inflation specifically will be such a win for physical stores? Yeah. So if you look at, there was just an article put out about the DTC, which is one sector of e-commerce, direct-to-consumer, and the challenge they're having getting to profitability. And a lot of it is on customer acquisition costs. After you get to through that, then you know, you have the shipping costs and shipping costs are going to rise and it's who bears that burden. And it's already hard to make a product by giving away free shipping. Now that rising costs are happening, you're going to see that cost, you know, of convenience uh, be high to majority of Americans. And I, I believe for many, unaffordable and therefore it will be cheaper to go to the store uh, significantly uh, if inflation continues to take hold and even if inflation settles but oil prices don't which is quite possible given the war in in ukraine uh i think that's going to be a, a big tailwind for physical retail uh and the need for physical stores. And this plays into something we were talking about in one of our last episodes that we both feel more online stores will close than in person. And I, I think that makes complete sense that you would continue to see consolidation of online retailers because of the shipping costs and because of the expense of just getting the goods to consumers. So either the stores will close and move to a physical retail format, or they're going to transition to one of the behemoth platforms that can benefit from the scale, Amazon, yeah. Etsy, eBay. Or, or have, you know, I'm a believer in omni-channel, or have both, right. e-commerce right. and physical stores. I think, you know, when we mentioned the online stores, the other thing that's continued to be magnified, the, the you know, Etail Insights just put out their report where 70% of all e-commerce sales were done by 12 companies, 70.9. I don't know, there's 2.5 million online stores. 12 of them have 71% of the market share. So it, a lot of those stores are not going to be able to break through to profitability uh, unless they can gobble up more share. And it seems like it's going to be hard to take share from Amazon, Walmart, Target, Wayfair, and these brands. Um, and there's, uh, you know, and there's a, that's the one way. The other way is the DTC model, right? You mentioned going on marketplaces. The other way is the DTC model. We're seeing Nike really push their DTC. They want you to go to their store. They want you to go to their, um, website. Um, we're seeing other brands do that as well. Uh, we have a good Thomas Costello also mentioned uh, the 
shipping, which, uh, and he said the returns are a big issue. Mm, um, good point, Thomas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the reverse logistics are a big challenge. There's the cost for potentially the consumer, but also what the retailer has to do with the returns. Mm-hmm. I, I will say that on that front, I don't know if it will make it in time, but at least in the, in, and when I say in time, I mean in time to make an impact in the short term. In the long term, the answer to this returns issue seems to be augmented reality and, uh, you know, in this and virtual reality. That seems to be, but really AR, that seems to be the answer. Um, whether it's the, you know, I can, I make it, I, they make me an avatar of my exact body type on online. And then I can see exactly what fits on it and how it looks. And it's my exact Hmm. body type, right? AR, does that happen in the next 12 months while inflation and commodity prices are rising? Seems doubtful, but long-term returns challenges seem to be the answer that people are coming to, right? Everyone has business model plans on returns. That's one solution, which is, can we make returns like a more affordable business model? The other that's really gaining traction is, can we just stop returns by augmented reality? Um, and there's some that are much harder, uh, but they're definitely, you know, Rihanna's new store has, there was a whole thing on Rihanna's new store. If you, ch- you saw it on their um, augmented reality partnership and how they're uh, combat, combat, combating returns. I don't know if you saw that. I didn't, but that's really interesting. I hadn't contemplated AR being an answer. Savage X Fenty is her new store. I think she's, she Hmm. just opened her first one. Uh, I I don't know if that's how you say it, but that's how it reads. Savage X Fenty. (laughs) There's probably some younger generations listening going, I know what they're talking about. (laughs) But that's a, that's uh that's Rihanna's new store and it's clearly um they've got you go in and they take these photos of you and now you have an avatar of yourself mm-hmm. that can help with you know getting the right size making sure the color looks good on you do you like that do you like that style and fit on you and whatnot so we'll see what a neat concept do you know what other categories have the highest percentage of returns? I know I'm just throwing this at you. Probably not the data in front of you. Aside so, from Thomas says Savage by Fenty. So the X is by. Oh, okay. Thank you. <laughs> um, so if that's an answer to apparel, what's behind that, right? Like how else can we solve for returns with AR if it's not just. So I think the hardest, the hardest one, apparel the, one of the hardest ones is cosmetics, um, mm. right? That lipstick on the computer, depending on the lighting on the computer and all right, that stuff, right. that's really challenging. Okay. Right. If you know the brand and you know the color and the shade and all that, it makes it easy. But if you want to try a new product, okay. mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty challenging. Now, um, 
I'm not personally a big lipstick purchaser, but so I don't have this issue. Good. But, <laughs> but I know that's a big one, cosmetics. Okay. Sort of sporting goods or anything that would be specialized to would be be an issue. Yeah, the, I'd be interested to see what other categories. Custom, custom right. and personalization is always tough. More variety of items. You might just not like that particular whatever yeah. weight of it. We, we had another comment that said driverless cars will change retail real estate more than AR VR. Okay. That's kind yeah, of think, a uh, transition I, 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 from inflation, but I, I like it. Let's go with it. I think that uh, on driverless cars, I, my take is so on retail real estate. Sure. On, on retail, I think AR and VR is going to have a significant impact on the retail on retail real estate. Um, it, Certainly will. I think there's a lot of things. Um, one, the first thing that comes to mind is the exurbs and suburban real estate start to be become you know a continued boom because of the uh, the easier commute, right? You don't have to be so close in. That's one. I think um, you know obviously parking ratios and everything like and the like start to become less problematic um how you get you know the could the front of the shopping center start to look like the line at the airport and how the center's design starts to really be impactful because you know there's that um if it's your car then um then it's going to park in a spot just like everybody every other car so doesn't have to um, be just looking like an airport. So I think it'll play an impact. Uh, I think it will probably increase traffic to physical real estate because, you know, if you're one of those people who just don't feel like driving, well, you don't have to drive. <laughs> right, right. I hope we are closer to that than farther away. Um, I can tell you, I had a, a Tesla for quite a few years and used to write emails all the time. I put in auto drive and write emails wherever I was going to work, to appointments, and just got very comfortable with the auto drive. I no longer have it. I'll be getting another one. But in this time, I'm like, so much lost time, all the commuting, going to buildings. Like I'm not as productive because I actually have to drive. So I could see that becoming when we get comfortable with the technology piece of it and the safety and the price point becomes a little more reasonable, which it is. I could see that being widely adopted. Although people say they love to drive, great. But once you get into that not having to, I, I really think it would be a, a game changer. And then to your point, go the car will go park itself. Doesn't you don't have to be right next to the front door. You need Speechify. Speechify? Okay, you have another answer another tech answer? Okay, good. You need Speechify. It's a you could so it's like a hundred something bucks a year. You need Speechify. It it reads your emails for you. If you're on a website and you're looking at an article, so if you're on your way to work and you're driving and you want, you have like four articles you want to read, but you can't read them because you don't have auto drive in a Tesla, Speechify will just read the articles for you. Oh, good. So I don't need to get another Tesla. I just need to get need to, Speechify. Speechify saved cheaper. me so yes. much money. Thank I you, did. Chris. <laughs> you a little money. Really appreciate that. Today has been very worthwhile. <laughs> <laughs> Speechify. The <laughs> okay. Uh, we're we're running toward eight forty. 
what anything else you're thinking as it relates to inflation or um, interest rates and on retail and on retail real estate that we haven't covered? I think we covered the big ones. This is going to be an ongoing conversation. It's a really interesting time in the market. I think we we have so many competing factors that it's relevant to revisit this. Yeah. I feel like every day, but probably, you know, every month or two to just kind of see where rents are going, which drives valuations, where cap rates are, which drives valuations, right? Rents are going up, cap rates are going up. Like where where does that leave us at the end? So I think it's something that we have to keep revisiting as the market adapts. Totally agree. All right. All right. Thanks for Great. the comments, everyone. A lot of comments. Really appreciate them. So glad everyone could join us, Chris. Always wonderful to see you. Thanks for the good conversation. And to everyone else, join us next month for What's in Store. Take Hope care, everyone. See you then. Take care. Thank you for listening to Retail Retold. If you want to share a story about a retail real estate deal that you were a part of on our show, please reach out to us at retailretold at DLC mgmt.com. This show highlights the stories behind the deals from all perspectives. So it doesn't matter if you are a retailer, broker, entrepreneur, architect, or an attorney. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Retail Retold so you don't miss out on next Thursday's episode. I'm excited to announce on Sunday night, March 6th at 7.30 p.m., I will host a live Ask Me Anything virtual event. I'm going to talk about all things commercial real estate and retail. Check out retailretold.com slash AMA for more details on how to sign up for the event and submit your questions today. Join me on Sunday, March 6th at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Sign up today at retailretold.com slash AMA for more information. I hope to see you there.